Welcome to the Limitless Hairdresser Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. At Limitless, we believe you deserve to live the life of your dreams, and we're here to help you make that happen by bringing you high-vibe educational episodes from myself and leaders in the fields of meditation, personal development, and conscious business practices. We're here to provide you, the beauty professional, with mindful tools and support for an enriched career in life. So plug in and tune out the outside world and let's go on this journey together. Hello, welcome to the Limitless Hairdresser Podcast. So happy to have you here today. I've got some special ladies coming on to hang out with us. They are Jasmine and Caitlin from No Name Education. We cover an array of topics in this episode, What I'm really excited is to share with you a different perspective of what it means to be a hairdresser these days. When I started the Limitless Hairdresser podcast, a big point of view that I wanted to share here was the limitless possibilities that we have as creatives, as entrepreneurs, as people who are paving the way for what we want an entire industry to look like in the future. So we cover stuff like social media and talking about how we can use it to inspire one another, get get inspiration on creating new innovative opportunities and offerings within an industry that's been primarily run by corporations and by big businesses for quite a while, and how the people are showing up, us, to create what we want that to look like on our own terms. And it's been really cool to watch Caitlin and Jasmine as they develop no-name education and creating this environment where it's not only just for hairdressers, it's for all people who are interested in art. And we just happen to be using hair as a catalyst to create a feeling, an environment, emotion. And they have been putting on these events all over the country. And I think that it's about to kind of blow up into something next level. Caitlin, Jasmine, and I met when we were working New York Fashion Week for several years. That used to be a big part of my life and a big part of like the vision for my future. Uh, And who knows, maybe someday I'll do it again if the right opportunity comes along. But how we got so inspired by that environment and how fashion and music and art really influenced all of our creative paths and you know, stepping outside of this beauty industry bubble to create something that's beyond those boundaries. And it really all encompasses art and it really all encompasses all people because people who are showing up to their events are, you know, some of their clients and people in their community, which is really, really rad to have people in the outside of our industry be interested in things that we have to offer because being a hairdresser is definitely so much more than just doing the hair and creating that artistic expression it's a feeling and it's a vibe and it's a connection and a community and to bring more people into our world and show them what what we got going on is pretty darn cool the day that this episode actually launches i'm going to be headed to atlanta to hang out with no name and we're doing a really fun collaborative photo and video shoot so be on the lookout for that or come check in on our stories as if you're listening to this on Sunday and see a little bit of behind the scenes if you listen to this episode please take a screenshot share it in your Instagram stories and tag me tag no name we want to see what you think about this episode and let us know your favorite part about it because we want to hear from you so hope you enjoy 
this very artistic and insightful episode of the Limitless podcast. Hello, ladies. Welcome. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, hi. <laughs> Uh, I've got Jasmine and Caitlin from No Name Education on today. I'm so excited to chat with you people today. How's it going? It's going good. It's cold here. Yeah. Cold yeah. in Atlanta. <laughs> the Which polar vortex. Isn't actually cold. But. You can't escape. No one can escape the vortex. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, hey, they say it's supposed to be like 20 degrees later. So I mean, that's pretty cold. Yeah. Has it ever snowed in Atlanta before? Oh, it, yeah. It yeah. But not okay. – it's, like, in cycles, like, every couple of years. Yeah. And then the whole city – the whole state pretty much shuts down. And, like, yeah. nobody – everybody just forgets how to do anything. Yeah. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like, so it's, like, a free day. Yeah. I mean, in our defense, though, we have literally no resources for snow. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, like, one fleck of snow falls in the ground. They're, like, no school. Yeah. yeah. Everything's closed. Yeah. It's like the day before they'll just be like they'll predicting snow, before. and then yeah. they're like, "Nope, don't don't even bother leaving your house. Like, yeah. cover your driveway and cat litter and kill today." That's funny. And then meanwhile, we have like negative twenty four, and they're like, "Bundle up, yeah, let's go." <laughs> and we're like, "What? <laughs> okay." Yeah. Oh, anyway, so how how are you guys doing? How's life? been good it's been busy we're just kind of like yeah. dialing down the rest of the year and trying to once we get done with this start planning 2020 out which is freaking insane yeah yeah hopefully we'll be in um other cities more often next year so we're kind of focusing on that yeah well why don't you share with everyone who's listening what sorry that's okay why don't you share with everyone who's listening what No Name is, what you all have going on, what is this creative brainchild that you have been launching out into the world? All right. So, I mean, I guess for us, like, um, No Name was just a way to, like, be more inspired because, as you know, I mean, we've worked with you before and kind of done, like, what we thought was, like, the... ABC or one, two, three steps of like being a hairdresser, you know, yeah. you're like, work a hair show, work fashion week, all that stuff. Yeah. Take this path and you will be successful yeah. and happy and have all of your dreams come true. Yeah. And work then I get there and you're like, oh, yeah, work for another brand and, you know, work behind the chair five days a week for 12 hours a day or, you know, whatever it is. And they're like, and then you'll make money and you'll have all this, whatever. And they don't really tell you what you're going to have. Accolades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clout or whatever the kids call it yes but I don't know we kind of did that for a lot of years and we were like this kind of (laughs) sucks it's like I don't really like this that much I was like I just felt like you know the hair industry is a really cool and beautiful thing but it, it also is um a lot like most industries where very corporately run and you know in that sort of environment things can get very contrived and you know, feel less organic, you know, feel less authentic. And so, you know, we were walking hair show floors and stuff and just feeling like, okay, yeah, this is cool, but we've seen the same energy for how long, you think? I mean, mm-hmm. decades. Forever. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's it's like you hop into a time portal. I'm like, what? 
Wait, yeah. this braid, this crimper, this this hairspray. Yeah. Tower. And wrong with it. I totally understand the purpose, and it really can. Like, I remember my first hair show. Um, being like so amazed and inspired. So I still think that traditional hair shows have a purpose, especially for young, like hungry hairstylists to like see something different. But at the same time, I just felt like every type of young, hungry hairstylist wouldn't necessarily see themselves presented at a hair show or represented. Mm -hmm. Like their visibility, you know, visibility is so important when determining what you're capable of. Like you see someone who looks like you doing something you always wanted to do and all of a sudden you feel very empowered to do it. So um for me that was a huge part of it as well I was like well let's create something that isn't necessarily entirely unique you know there are other you know kind of like um punk rock style like go against the grain hair shows like ours that are out there um that we've also gotten inspiration from but for ours in particular we were just like you know what if you go and you see what the hair industry is actually comprised of, which is like, you know, what, 96 to 98% women. Mm-hmm. You know? And a lot of those women are, are queer or some of them are just, you know, people who are non-binary or whatever it may be. Or I just wanted to see more of different types of people on the stage. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't necessarily have brand affiliation or um, they just wanted to like present their art. So that was kind of why I did it and why we were really inspired by it. Just this idea that maybe success can happen from the elevation of your peers. You know, it doesn't always have to be about building a stage for yourself, you Mm. know, that was kind of, you know, was and how it sort of evolved. And, you know, honestly, we kind of thought we couldn't really do it at first. I mean, when did we first have the idea? It was like three years ago. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even longer than that. Um, three or four Caitlin actually came up with the idea and we actually pitched it to a bunch of our just so happened to be guy friends <laughs> yeah. and they were like you guys are gonna mess it up like if you mess up this first one then no one will come and so it actually worked and like we didn't do it for two more years oh really yeah wow. yeah so if we had done it then we actually would have been a little bit ahead of the curve on the idea itself but you know we just waited and then it was just me and her one day. And we're like, well, we just like did it anyway. Yeah. I think it was a lot of like, you know, hearing other people's feedback. And, you know, at that time, it was such a new idea to us. And kind of like, you know, every new idea is scary. Mm-hmm. And you want it to succeed and all this stuff. So if you have people who are just kind of like naysaying, then you have like that inner critic in your mind just being like, oh, what if you, what if you really fuck this up? Like, yeah. you're gonna be, like screwed, it's going to be pointless. And so I think, you know, we had this idea and we felt super strongly about it. But yeah. I think that, you know, we got a little too in our heads. I mean, I know I definitely did. And so we um, kind of like pressed the pause button on it for a while um, until, you know, we kind of hit the right spot. And yeah. then and we, we were just like, we need it. to go for it. Yeah. If we don't do it now, then we're never going to do it. And then we're always going to have that what if. And it's been awesome. Yeah. And then we did it. And I remember the first one. So the first one, we had a different format than we have now. Instead of it reaching out to like individual artists, we reached out to seven different salons within our city. Because we figured like we just reached out to the salon. I sent them all the information. I said they could form a team and they would each have a segment on stage basically. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And uh, we thought that a salon, each individual salon, because it's so many people, like even if just the salons and their people came, that that would be a decent sized crowd. Like that was kind of the logic behind it. And it would kind of unite our community again and that kind of thing. But honestly, we were expecting like 50 people, mostly our friends, to come. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember we were standing up on the stage, like in the DJ booth, and there was like hundreds of people coming in. And we were like, <gasps> like tears yeah. pouring Whoa. out. You know, screw up my makeup, like letting tears pour out of my eyes. And we were like, oh shit, like people think we're cool. This is weird. Like jokes on them, but this is, a, this is crazy, <laughs> you know? And so it was cool because a lot of them didn't even come for like, necessarily any specific artists like just because they like thought we would do something cool and I was like wow that's that's exciting you know (laughs) yeah that is incredible that is power of uh, law of attraction right you all just like attracted a bunch of people who were like I want something different and new so for everybody listening why don't you share what what the event looks like what is a what does it look like to go to a no name no class so, no anything, just yeah. non-brand yeah. um, <laughs> event. So we do it at this venue. So when we're doing it in Atlanta, we have linked up with this venue called MJQ. And it actually used to be a parking garage, and it's converted into an underground club now. Um, so it's very raw. It's covered in graffiti and artwork from local artists. So murals all in the place. Um, and it's basically like it's a free event. You walk in and it's the setup of like watching bands play. Mm-hmm. So everybody's got their 30 minute segment and then we do some intermissions in between. Um, and then we've got the bar and we usually try and get a couple of different local DJs to come and play music the entire time. So you get to just go and network and meet other people from the industry. Cause I feel like most of the time salons stick by themselves and they don't yeah, branch yeah. out and hang out with other hairdressers for whatever reason. It's just the stigma of the industry, which is something that we're trying to change. Absolutely. Um, so it's just going out, meeting people and watching cool hair, you know, other people presenting up on stage and just to get inspired. Um, and it's really just more about building community than anything. Um, so, I mean, Jasmine and I just host, we have not ever gotten up on stage yeah. and done hair. That's not our we MO. Danced. Yeah, we danced, but <laughs> <laughs> we tried to be like the yin yang twins up yeah, on stage basically. where we just get like all hyped. <laughs> like yeah. trying You're to the hype people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like the little John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Um, yeah, we honestly got one more hype than I even thought we could get. You know, I was surprised myself. I feel like I like, um, almost like black out up there. I'm like, what did I do? Yeah, <laughs> what did I say? What happened? But everybody's having a good time. So but that's all that matters. Oh. You know, but yeah, I mean, I think like, for me, like, because I've been going to MJQ since I was 16. That's not the legal age you have to be going there. <laughs> That's how old I was the first time I went there. And um, so the so the GM actually, like, he... Um, <laughs> you have to not disturb. <laughs> out, sorry. Keep talking. I'm going to fiddle with this. <laughs> No, but so he, I remember he was like, oh, you got to be like, well, in your 30s now. And I was like, not because I started coming here underage. But for me, like MJQ is like 
an iconic Atlanta venue. It like embodies what Atlanta feels like. And like for those who don't know, Atlanta is like really hot and it's a lot of amazing art and music. Like especially, it's like one of the mo most thriving cities for people of color in the entire U.S. And it's like just super cool. Like you see every single type of person. Um, it really doesn't get as much credit as it deserves. The city doesn't. And so for me also, I just wanted people who came, because we have a lot of people who come from out of town to like, especially the artists, to like mm -hmm. feel what Atlanta feels like. And it just feels like underground, hot, like hip hop music. It's just, it's so oh, fun. You know? And so we really try to embody that. We don't, we don't censor ourselves at all, um, which I think a huge part of that for us was like, men don't do that on stage mm. so I don't want to do that you know I just wanted to be able to be myself 100% like I remember growing up and being like the first female stage artist I ever saw was Antoinette Beenders because I went to an Nevada school and like she's a badass you know but I remember like feeling slightly disconnected from her because I realized how put together she had to be to be up there it's like she had to be perfect and like her male counterparts didn't have to be perfect. And I remember noticing that from like day one, you know? Yeah. And over the years, I feel like women, we've definitely like come out of our show with presenting, but even still, I feel like you go watch a show. It's like, I don't know. I feel like they just don't get the same leeway for jokes and like being out there or lewd or, or whatever. And I just wanted to create a space where like, a weird ass girl could look at me and be like, Oh, like she's like me. Like she, she's out there and she says whatever she wants and she's feeling herself and she's got no hair and she's curvy and whatever, you know, I just wanted like to also like expose people to that, that like you can be a woman and you don't have to choose between being Hillary Clinton or Kim Kardashian. Like you can be somewhere in between. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like yeah. you don't have to over sexualize yourself or be in a business suit. Like you can be both. You true know? like I sometimes i want to dress like i'm a, someone's hot boyfriend and sometimes i want to you know, <laughs> feel like fiance yeah, <laughs> you know? like i just happen to feel like good about that you know um but that's a huge part of it too but yeah it just feels like a party and all people are welcome so we invite like our friends as well who aren't hairdressers and mm -hmm. a lot of the Lena tattoo community comes yeah. out too I've noticed yeah so a, lot a lot of, of the local tattoo artists. yeah a lot of local artists come and um you know musicians and stuff like that too it's not just um you know hairdressers which is cool too I think that helps the crowd be more welcoming I love that it's kind of like a an art exhibit yeah yeah instead yeah. of a hair show or an educational event which is really fun. Yeah. It's super cool. It, I was just having a conversation um, with Brie the other day. I actually recorded a podcast with her yesterday. Uh, when this comes out, it won't be yesterday. It'll be a different day. But, you know, something like that. Uh, time. Yeah. I, when I talk on here, I'm like, oh, yeah, tomorrow, yesterday. And then people hear this a month later and they're like, what? Oh, it's yesterday? But anyway. That's what PSA is. Time is a construct. Yeah. <laughs> There is no time on this podcast. Time does not exist. Uh, we were talking about how hairdressers are are like rock stars. Yeah. We we totally have gotten this new persona than we used to have, and I think a big part of that is because of um, how we've been able to connect with one another. And um, 
on the flip side of like comparing ourselves to each other or being like, you know, feeling, oh, they're doing this, so I can't do that or da 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 all that, that booty chatter is that we can be so inspired by each other and we're really able to progress our industry. And um, I think it's so cool that we're creating things in all different corners of this industry that haven't really existed before to pave the way for like what we want it to look like. And it's really interesting because we're not hairdressers behind the chair only anymore. It's like we've become like the the concept of being a hairdresser means something so different than it used to. And it's really opened up an opportunity for anyone who would like the opportunity to do that, to do it. I remember when I first started wanting to do fashion week and wanting to teach nationally and do all this stuff. I live in Midland, Michigan. It is not Atlanta or New York or any big city, you know, and because of the connectivity and the relationships you build, you can do anything. So I think it's so cool that that you guys are creating something that's that's so innovative and new. Um, how do how does that translate to your work behind the chair? Because I think both of you are still behind the chair, correct? Yeah. Like how does that work? Being able to innovate something new, like push the industry forward, because. We all, we need that to keep happening. So I'd love to inspire anyone who's listening. If you have an idea or an inspiration, like nothing is too big or too done or too, you know, whatever to, to keep creating. Um, but I think what a lot of fear that people have is, well, how do I do that and this? Or how do I be a hairdresser behind the chair and pursue this other dream? Like, do I have to give that up? And so what does that look like for both of you creating something outside of your regular job um yeah. and still maintaining like some some sort of harmony in your life that you don't get burnt out and you feel like you still have that creative juice flowing yeah i mean honestly you can do both i'm just gonna straight out say it you can do both but in the beginning it's really really difficult jasmine and i are notorious for burning the candle at both ends <laughs> Until it's like dwindled down into nothing. Yeah. And that's what so it's we been. Need a new candle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's that has how you know, it's been like that ever since Jasmine and I started working together at another salon. Yeah. Um, you know, we were working on a creative team for the salon that we were in before and we were always go, go, go. Yeah, probably nonstop. like eighty hours a week, like not even joking and between behind the chair and it was you know too much doing that. And when we started doing No Name, we were grinding and it was just, it was a balancing act. We were both busy behind the chair um, and then in our free time, we were working on No Name stuff. Um, so it does, you can have both, but in the beginning, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, but I don't think you have to sacrifice one or the other because clients love hearing about they do. that stuff. It honestly made us both busier. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it really chair, is. They, ironically. <laughs> I, you're like, I feel like most clients, they want to feel like they have the most coolest, badass, like hairdresser, you know, they tell their friends about and yeah. everything like that. And so anytime they hear you going, talking about even just going to a class, mm -hmm. going to a class, doing fashion week, going to a hair show, anything, they love it. And mm -hmm. I feel like 
when we started doing no name and we started getting continuously like more busy with it, our clientele just increased because of that. Yeah. But it's really, um, I feel like now over the last year, probably the last year and a half, we've started to find more of that balance. And so it was a year of grinding yeah. in burning the candle at both ends. But now we're both delegating, um, you know, Jasmine has her strengths and I have my strengths and being able to lean on one another and count on someone to take care of their part of the deal. Mm-hmm. It makes it so much easier to now it's like, you know, we work on things, but then, you know, once yeah. it's over, it's it's a little bit more quiet and we can just focus on working behind the chair or we can, you know, work our four days a week and yeah. then go and spend time with our families and yeah. everything I, like that. I will say that's the biggest thing, though. If you want to be more than be behind the chair, you cannot work behind the chair five days a week. That does not work. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't work. Like, you have some trade-offs other yeah. days. And to be honest, like, you make more money working less days behind the chair, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. Like, I think um, people have this weird quality and it's literally 99% of people where the less time you have for them the more time they want (laughs) it's just yes supply and demand yeah it really always is and I don't know why that works on all of us so well even though we know it to be true you know but Mm -hmm. uh that is how it works so I think for people who are afraid to take a step back from Saturdays or whatever I mean I took a step back from Saturdays in the last year and it was like the best thing I ever did. You know, I think you, once you build, like your clients want to see you when you're there. So, you know, don't be anxious about losing money. And also like it, you know, you can't live your life like that either. I mean, money just comes when you let it, you know, mm-hmm. you'd have to, you do the work, the money comes. So um, if you've really built relationships with your clients, you know, if, if, if you taking away one day after schedule is going to lose the client, then they were lost already, you know? Mm. Yeah. Like seeing you out of sheer convenience, you know, they weren't loyal and not probably not referring you anyone anyway. So you're just, if they do leave, you're opening a spot for someone who's going to like genuinely like love you and want to, want to be there for you. But yeah, I mean, for me behind the chair with no name, I mean, my clients, one, they love coming to the events and like bringing their friends and being like, my hairstylist puts on this event. Like I can tell that they they brag like that. <laughs> you know? It's really sweet, especially since they get to come. I think that is a huge part of our event that's different than I think all the other ones um, mm-hmm. that are out there. Is that we invite personally invite more than just you know hairstylists. But I think because of that, our clientele has grown, and you know it makes to me the event overall more fun because. As much as I love my job, I don't want to only talk about hair every second of my life. And I like being able to kind of network in a setting that I get to show people what I do, but also get to talk about other things, you know, meet new people and experience new opportunities and whatever that may be, not just hair ones. For sure. What about you, Caitlin? Um, So, yeah, I mean, for doing no name and working behind the chair. I was working five days a week behind the chair for a really long time, even after we started no name and Jasmine had already dropped down to four days and it had been probably a good year and a half of me doing no name and working five days behind the chair. And then, um, 
I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't utilizing my time as well as I needed to be. Mm. I had open spots, um, but I was at a commission salon, so I can't just come and go as I please. So I would just end up sitting, you know, it in a break room or whatever, um, with, you know, having an extra day that's kind of a little bit more sparse, a little bit more sporadic. So it's just like, had to come to Jesus with myself and basically I could be utilizing this time so much more efficiently or just taking time to focus on the things that I want to do in spending time with the people that I care about. Mm -hmm. So I ended up dropping a day. So I work, um, Wednesday through Saturday, I now, um, booth rent. So I'm in charge of my own schedule. Um, but before I was at commission that dropped down to four days and my books were slammed. And I was booking out Saturdays. My clients are booking two appointments out on Saturdays now. And I have no spare time during the week. So I feel like I'm my efficiency level has gone up. But I've also had more time to just like relax and be a human being. And not yeah. just this robotic, like just work-obsessed person. So Yeah, for sure. I think spending more time like away from the work and going inward, you know, whatever that looks like for, for you, but getting away from it so that you can come back to it brings so much more creativity and excitement. Like it makes it more fun. I feel like when I'm in it, like when people talk about like the grind or they're like, you know, working so hard and like really proud of it. I'm like, I don't feel inspired when I'm doing that. I feel like I'm just going through the motions and I'm just getting it done to get to the next place. And then the next place is just taking me to the next place. And it just doesn't leave any room for getting inspired to do something different or do something new or feel fresh or shift your perspective or take inventory of like where the heck you are at (laughs) in life. Um, So what does that look like to you both? Um, Like getting creativity for, all these new things because you've got to be coming up with like exciting ideas and getting things coming in to, to keep growing this, this baby that you have all created. How do you get inspired and and tap into that creativity? Yeah. I mean, I think some of it too is, so I had a long weird inspiration journey. I think you originally think inspiration is something that's just supposed to like appear, which sometimes it does. But, like, you sometimes can rely on inspiration always just, like, appearing out of nowhere. Or, like, if it doesn't appear that you're not inspired, you know, or that Mm -hmm. you're not creative. Or you'll force the inspiration, you know, and you'll end up creating work that you don't really love because you forced it, Mm -hmm. you know. Try to duplicate something that someone else was doing or, or, or whatever it was. But you just didn't, it wasn't, like, true inspiration. And I think almost like talking to people is, or like so many other things. I mean, I think patience, I think so there's so many soft skills that we don't acknowledge. And I think being inspired is one of those things. I think even being happy is one of those things mm-hmm. that is like a skill that must be practiced. Um, and that largely relies on, you know, practice, openness, acceptance, and all kinds of things like that. And I think that, you know, when you, view inspiration as something that you can work towards versus something that's supposed to just, you're just supposed to have in you at all times, then it's a much more comfortable process. Mm. And so, you know, um, like for me, I also get a lot inspired by other people, like surrounding myself by people who also practice that same way. Like Caitlin, for instance, like 
some years ago, she would always like, I noticed she would always go like sit at Barnes and Noble and like stare <laughs> at like, you know, every single new fashion magazine she could look at and just like sit there and take pictures of stuff and just like train your mind to have new images in it. You have to expose mm. yourself to those things first though. You can't just like look on Instagram a quick second and be like, Oh, like, I'm inspired now. Like it has to be more than that. You have to be looking at art. You have to be looking at um, fashion. You have to be looking at music because I mean, especially in the hair industry, I think the only reason that hair really matters is because of fashion and music and art. Like that's what made it valuable originally, you know, like runway shows, they used to not care about hair at all, you know, but I think over time with the, I think Orbe actually was one of the first people to like really make hair matter on a New York Fashion Week runway. But I think that, you know, there, it was because of that, of the clothing, because of the art, you know, because of like infrastructure. I mean, there's so many different things that kind of can inspire you to do hair. And I think, or inspire you to do anything. And I think sometimes we just overthink it instead of just opening ourselves to practicing looking for it. And I think also for inspiration for me personally, it's like, I also have to acknowledge that sometimes no matter how hard I practice and how open I am, sometimes you just don't feel it. (laughs) You know, sometimes you're distressed and, you know, you have overworked yourself or you're just like feeling down or, or whatever it is. And like, that's perfectly okay. You know, because sometimes in that process of like accepting that you're not always going to feel inspired every second of the day, you just kind of randomly wake up because you still have been doing your work and you're like, oh shit, like that's a great idea. And that happens to me sometimes too, where I feel like for a long time, I'm like, oh, I'm just not feeling it. Like, I don't want to do hair right now. I don't want to do anything. And then I just keep trying to ground myself like the best that I can. And just remember that like, you know, as long as I stay diligent, like it will come. And then next thing you know, like me and Caitlin maybe haven't had a super productive inspiration meeting for Sometimes it could be a while, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, my God, like, and then we have all these ideas, you know? It's just kind of being patient and practicing. Mm-hmm. What about you, Caitlin? Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> like Jasmine was saying, I was sitting and, like, looking through a lot of books. That's one thing that I love to do. Um, I feel like all of the fashion magazines are all so different and I always take something away from it. But yeah, I mean, I would literally sit at Barnes and Nobles for hours with like a stack of magazines all scrolled out and just looking. Um, that was one of them. And then honestly, I've been surrounding myself with more people who are in artist communities that don't do hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of my friends are woodworkers, metal workers, um, welders, painters, stuff like that. And, um, that's opened my mind up to a lot of new things for me personally. Um, just like think, trying to think of different ways to where I could implement a certain thing into what I do behind the chair. I was like, I feel like I'm a jack of all hobbies. Like I'll just (laughs) something up and start it. You want metal in your hair? Let me like whittle some. uh, Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's like that. And then like, I, you know, I have friends who do macrame. I started picking up and playing around with that. And that's something that I'm like doing it. And then I'm like, oh my God, this is like, this is a braid, obviously. But like I could, yeah, this in, in hair, 
do it for a shoot and test it out. Um, and so it's all just like little things. I think surrounding yourself with other artistic and creative people um, that do something completely different, you can take bits mm-hmm. and pieces away from that and implement it in not just behind the chair, but you know, since dropping down to four days a week, I've been able to actually start doing shoots again, like for no other reason than just because I want to and because it's something fun and, you know, lights a fire under my ass. You know, it's not like a I need to get this done for a win or like for a specific reason. It's just doing it because I want to do it yeah. and getting to test all of that stuff out on these shoots. So it's just that's usually what I do. And then when I'm not um you know, working. I am out in the dirt and in the woods and in the mountains. And, um, we've been building out a van. Um, my my boy, yeah. So we're taking it on our first road trip. So I just try and do more things than just looking at what other hairdressers are doing. And that's Mm -hmm. for me, I've taken a step back from, um, Instagram because I feel like I'm just mentally so overloaded when I look at it that it's like I have a personal one now and I just have all my fun stuff on that. Like all my, all of the national parks and all local artists and stuff like that. And I feel like that has been something that's definitely been feeding me because I'm connecting with people on a more personal level than I don't know why I feel stifled on my, on my hair one. So I just am kind of like pushing that off to the side to, focus on this and actually making connections with other people. Yeah. I feel like that's a whole nother conversation, but uh, (laughs) I'm like, woo. But yeah, the, it's interesting. I mean, just how it all evolved because it started off with the social media thing, like being just like a portfolio and hair and like showing what you can do. Like, Hey, look what we can do. Look how awesome we are. We can do hair and we can make pictures and look at us. And then it was like, wait, but who are we? And wait, I also like to do all these fun things. And then we started spending so much more time curating what that looks like for us to be like the best hairdresser ever. And it's like, but also what do you do in your free time? You're like, oh, I spend all my free time now creating Instagram pictures (laughs) instead of living my life. (laughs) You're like, okay, I'll pretend to be more authentic. It's just like this weird. (laughs) Let me pretend to be authentic here. It's just hard, but you know, that is a whole other conversation, obviously, like social media's impact on our lives and our careers and all of that. Um, I think most of it can be really positive for sure, but as long as you can monitor it yourself and like have And remember that you have a real life and that's more important. Like at the end of the day, like hands down, it's more important to experience things in, you know, off of the internet because at the end of the day like that's all we really have the grid goes down everything's gone it's like you're sitting here going what do I do with myself because I can't create an Instagram picture post (laughs) or you know like what things do I like what do I like to do I don't remember (laughs) I forgot that's why I've been more mysterious you know yeah I just been like you know, one hanging with my children, which I feel like a lot of people don't even realize that I have, which yeah, they're yeah, always, like, so surprised by it, you know, and I'm like, um, it actually, so, like, a quick aside, but I think it might help someone, maybe, but, you know, one of the seasons we worked Fashion Week, um, it was, like, at the end of the 
it was with Charlie, and at the end of the week, they had, like, a little meet and greet, so everybody could, like, actually hang out together, because the group was, like, huge that year. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls came up to me, and she was like, I told her, I was like, oh, yeah, I mentioned something about being a mom, and whatever else, and she was like, that's crazy, like, I thought that you're a mom, like, but you seem so powerful, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, why would, you know, it just made me so sad, like, to realize as professionals, even in our career, like, a lot of times people don't realize that you can be, like, powerful and being a mom, which I think makes you more powerful, but, like, it was so interesting. Yeah, like, we gotta keep these people, you know, in line over here. Shape, I feel like. <laughs> I was, like. I told her, I was like, repeat yourself, like, three more times, and then tell me if you want to keep, if you would ever say that again, you know? And she was like, oh my god, I didn't even think about it like that, but I was like, yeah, like, you know, as far as work-life balance goes and, like, being a stylist or being anyone who has, like, really big, you know, career goals for yourself, like, you know, we are so much more than the relationships that we have, which is why I don't generally, like, always, like, throw my children or my relationships out there because I want people to get to know me for who I am. Mm -hmm. And they are a huge part of me, but, you know, they don't describe me. You know, saying you're a mom doesn't really tell anyone anything about you, but I do think you can have all those things that you want. You know, you can be a successful hairstylist or educator or public speaker or host or whatever it is that you want to be within our industry and still be a mom or a wife or whatever it is. Like, you can have all of those things and you get to decide, like, how much of that you want to give to people, Mm -hmm. you know, and how much you want to keep for yourself. Like, for me, I like to keep my relationship and my children for myself and like for my close relationships but like you can also like have that be your platform as a hairdresser as well you know I just think that I don't know it's just been such an interesting journey for me like realizing that um, I think Instagram makes us feel a certain way like I used to feel like oh I should be putting my kids on there all the time or like am I a good mom (laughs) you know like right and then I was like no like first of all my son hates being on Instagram he complains every time I put him on there (laughs) <laughs> he's like he's like you need my explicit permission to <laughs> put That's me on funny. social media but also like I don't know we just feel so pressured to like be a certain way mm-hmm. you know like oh if we're going to be a mom or we're going to be a you know a girlfriend or a best friend or whatever we feel like we have to especially through Instagram put all that stuff out there which in reality takes time away from those things you know yeah and so I feel like still kind of on the, you know, work-life balance topic or us doing no name and being behind the chair is that, like, sometimes I just have to accept that I'm not going to post a new picture on Instagram for a week or however long because, like, I want to be at home. Live. Be there. Yeah. I think, um, like, the theme that, like, keeps coming up, and I didn't even realize this, but I was watching a video back that I did maybe like two years ago when I first was starting to get this this idea of Limitless Hairdresser and it's still morphing into whatever it is. But I kept saying, we have to take our power back. We have to take our power back. And I and at the time, I didn't really know what that meant, except that I felt like I was being pulled in all these directions and I was kind of doing it to myself based on conditioning. But I was like, oh, I need to do this or I have to do that or else I'm going to be behind and people are going to pass me up and I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. And taking our power back and like owning our personal power is like so that it's like do whatever you want to do but we get so confused as to what that is because we consume so much and so we just start to think 
should I do that? Should I not do that? It's this doubt. It's always like doubting our intuition and doubting that thing that's pulling us forward. And I think that's why a lot of people don't get to that place where maybe you have, you all have gotten where you're like, no, this is what I want to do. And I'm going to do it. Um, because of fear, they're afraid, wait, is this the right choice? Is this not the right choice? Is this who I am? Is this not who I am? Should I be like this? Should I not be like this? And taking our power back is really just saying, fuck it. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. I, I don't care if it, if it doesn't work out, I don't care if it succeeds. I care if it feels good right now. And I think leaning more into how we want to feel is going to help us just keep creating more, connecting more with people who are doing similar things and helping each other and keeping that moving forward. Because if we're not in our power, we're not going to be able to make those relationships and those connections with people who are at that level who we want to be with. And um, so that is a theme that just keeps on like arising. And I'm like, here it is again. Here it is again. Yeah, I agree. Especially for our generation. I mean, we were raised in a very interesting way, all of us, you know, yeah. and I think that it does make us so unsure of ourselves, you know, afraid to yes. be rude, yes. afraid to take up space, afraid to just do anything. And we just have to remind ourselves that while we're afraid to do all these things, even that person in front of us is, is afraid too. So we're all afraid, which yeah. kind of cancels it out, I think. We might yeah. It's what we like, want, so. spoiler alert, <laughs> it's going to be terrifying. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert life is hard yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's so fine. true yeah so good so good well thank you for joining me today this was great i know it's so hard because i feel like we talked for a million years but i feel like we covered a lot of ground yeah no this was awesome yeah yeah sure we miss you oh i miss you too I'm hoping that I'll be able to see you all. For anyone who's not listening, I have actually met Jasmine and Caitlin, I don't even know how long ago, maybe three or four years ago. It's been a little while. And we used to work Fashion Week together, and like two times a year we get to hang out. And now, meh. Yeah. The era ended, but now look at us. I'm so proud of of our little crew, though. Everybody, um, you know, from that group of people who we all did Fashion Week together in New York for quite a few years kind of dispersed and found our own own ways and are, are creating things in all different corners. And I think that that's going to be really cool to see um, how that evolves over the next couple of years well, as we've kind of laid these foundations of creation. Still, you know, and I think we forget that too, that we're all so young still. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just, <laughs> I keep saying that. I'm like, this is just the beginning. I'm like, oh my gosh. I have like 30, like 30 solid years left of work in me. Yeah. It's a long time. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, like, it is. Especially the length we've all been alive and we still have that much mm-hmm. time left. To- Especially when you start feeling like you're behind or you haven't done enough or other people are ahead. It's like, whoa, pump the brakes. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> there's tons of time. There's so much time. And we just, I know I'm, I like love creating things. So we get a little bit like, I want to do it now. I got to do it now. I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. And slowing down and getting more intentional has really helped to be clear on like my intentions. Like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I want to get attention? Or am I doing this because I want to create something uh, to help people are sustainable and just has been really helpful to slow down and not yeah. be in such a hurry. 
we, we got this, though. I know we'll all do great, and I'm excited to see what we do. And maybe we can get me and you and Caitlin and Bree all together at once soon. <laughs> I think yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Next year at one of our uh, shows next year, you know, you we're doing one in Denver, I think. So mm. I'll come to Denver. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. I'll be there. In a warm month, we're going to do that. <laughs> yes. Please. We're not coming up north until it's warm. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't blame you. <laughs> all right. Well, I will put all of the ways you can contact the ladies from No Name down below and check them out. Check out an event near you. Lots of probably cool stuff coming in 2020. So stay tuned for that. And I love you both. Mwah. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Have a great day. Stay warm. Yes, you too. Bye.